What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Good evening. The opinions and statements voiced by our guests do not necessarily reflect the opinions of this network. Enjoy the shows. You are listening to WBHM, digital broadcasting, the best in paranormal talk only on Paranormal Experience Radio. Broadcasting live, live, live out of Birmingham, Alabama. Welcome to the Paranormal Experience Radio Show with your host, Captain Hobson. We are here to learn all we can about every type of experience within the paranormal. There will be interviews with seasoned investigators of the spiritual realm, including ufologists, cryptozoologists, psychics, Mediums, authors, and creators of technology, and others with credible knowledge to share. Together, we will find out what brought these investigators of the unknown into the field and learn what keeps them working so hard in it. I'm interested in learning how these individuals go about their work, and I believe you are too. This program is all about bringing those who are in the field together with our listeners who are interested in what they find. For us, the paranormal is all about working with and supporting each other. We're all here seeking answers to the questions that bother us so. Now, let's get those answers. And enjoy the show. Good evening. Welcome to WBHM Digital Broadcasting out of Birmingham, Alabama. You are listening to Paranormal Experience with Kat Hobson, and that's me. I am so glad that you're here because I have great plans for a great show. Y'all are going to have so much fun with this. A lot of y'all already know about my friend and research partner, Frank Lee. He founded um, Casper Paranormal investigations and together we have co-founded the American Noetic Science Research Studies and if I'm not looking at the acronym I have trouble with that (laughs) we needed a shorter name but seriously it is just um, a pleasure Frank, to have you on here, and I am going to tell people that you're a new grandpa, so you can be just as sappy as I can now, and (laughs) (laughs) so, you know, I am so excited, because, you know, between you being in school full-time, and working full-time, 
and me trying to figure out all the audio stuff that you don't have time for anymore. <laughs> we are just, you know, passing left and right here, sometimes saying, hey, sometimes just throwing up a hand on Facebook. But I am really excited that you're joining me tonight. Well, thank you. I, uh, I'm always excited to, to get a chance to talk with you. Um, it, it has been crazy, um, especially, you know, like you were saying, with me going back to school um, and, you know, doing that full-time, working full-time. Um, you know, still I have a book that I'm working on and that's mm-hmm. in, in the project. Um, and got that new grandbaby that um, I'm not old enough to have yet, but I got anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Funny how they show up like that. Yes, yes. About 20 years too soon. Right. Uh, You know, of course, he got got his good looks from his grandfather and um, intelligence, of course. Of course. Of course, his mom is no slack either. (laughs) <laughs> well, I, 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 she I, is a brilliant I, I girl. <laughs> no, yeah. um, and, and and of course, I wanted to also start the show talking about my um, humility and modesty, and you know, how <laughs> no, it's um, it, it is funny though that you you know when you when you stay so busy, time just flies and. You know, that that's like I, I was thinking just yesterday how it is so hard for me to believe it's already August. I know, right? Time flies when you don't leave the house. <laughs> of course, you leave the house on a daily basis, but not everybody does. But it has flown by. It just seems mm-hmm. like no time at all. This whole year has well, just know- been a trip. You know, and, and I think that really considering how, even though it has been for for a lot of people, you know, there's been the quarantine, the lockdown, the sitting at home, not working, not being able to go to a lot of places they would typically go, uh, not being able to travel quite as much. Uh, like with me, I have, I, you know, I've hated the, the restaurants that, have been closed and so many of the places I would normally travel to not that being limited. Um, but at the same time, we, we've been able to do a little less, but we've just had so much drawn at us. I mean, you know, if you look at it, there's been the virus, the, um, different shortages of random household goods from time to time, depending on the week. The coin shortage, the murder hornets, the I mean, just, definitely the murder hornets. Yes, that's um, you know, it, it has just been wild. It's been, you know, we we had the protest and the riots, and we then it came back to coronavirus. Then, I mean, it's just one thing after the other, and then in the middle of that. In May, you know, the this big report comes out, and the Navy says, "Yeah, we're de- we're declassifying this video that we can't explain." <laughs> and yeah, that's yes. UFOs. Um, so you know, I mean, why not? I, I think that they figured, you know, with this year, the way everything was, you know, we might as well throw it out now because it's not going to 
catch everybody off guard as much in twenty. Nobody's going to be phased by this unless they've got their towel out trying to catch one, right? So right. I mean, what you know, personally, I can't go to the beach now without looking for Godzilla over the over the horizon. <laughs> but you know, that's just. <laughs> I was. We were there for a single uh, weekend in May, the we- weekend before Memorial Day, and David had, had gone to great effort to stay healthy because he's essential. He has to be out. You know, he's a manufacturer. And so he was out keeping things going. When we got to our beach town, there was no social distancing. There were no masks. There was no reduced capacity in restaurants. There was nothing of the sort. Everybody was acting like, you know, Corona was still just a beer. And it was... It was insanity. He was flipped out. And, you know, so we haven't been back since. And then, you know, I couldn't travel. So it was just, it's crazy. People, you you know, we're just going crazy. I have to agree. I mean, it's, you know, people talk about uh, the, the virus going around and, and they're, you know, but yet you see them, no mask, no distancing, you know, the bars packed out, restaurant dining rooms packed out, you know, a I lot mean, of the activities. I mean, he thought that opening that. bars was the best idea. The first thing you open is the bar. That's crazy. <laughs> that, Just have everybody shift yeah, I mean, a bottle of the liquor of their choice for a month or two, and it would have cost less, and everybody would have still been happy. But we are a social creature, yeah. as you know, through your studies. Mm-hmm. That, um, yes. And, and, you know, the, the theme it is so many of these people, you know, are the ones that are in the bars and in the restaurants and it, you know, amongst the crowds and not paying any attention to the, the advice. And, and they, they act the most shocked when they see the report come on TV that the numbers are going up. It's like, well, gee, how does this happen? <laughs> how could that possibly have occurred? Right. Couldn't possibly have anything to do with your idiocy, but <laughs> you know, and, and I swear, there's so many of these people too that that I've seen these posts. Of, well, do do you even know anybody that has caught it? <laughs> and it's it's like you know, at this point, it's you know, we're past. You know, it's not a myth. It's not five G cell phone towers. It's not a government conspiracy. I mean, <laughs> exactly. And, you know, it's really, you and I both have kind of an irreverent twist on things, but yeah, you sit yes. there and you look at it and you're like, if this were a government conspiracy, kudos, man, because you did a fine job. You locked down not just the entire nation, you locked down the globe with this. Yeah. And, and I mean, you know, really, though, the, the thing of it is, if it were a government conspiracy, what what I would have to ask myself is, you know, and what we should all question is, what would be the goal? I mean, obviously, in the U.S., you know, I've heard a lot of people saying, oh, yeah, they're they're trying to limit our freedom. Well, you know, if you look at it, um, what are they trying to do, limit your toilet paper use 
I mean, <laughs> or purchasing uh, your, yeah, right, or, or, or limit your um, rubbing alcohol because you know, booze, ammo, guns, those are on the essential items list, you mm-hmm. know, so it's not affecting your Second Amendment rights, it's not affecting your um, luxury or your. Um, you know, the alcohol, tobacco, things like that, um, that's not being affected. Um, really, the only thing that has been affected was, you know, travel and only for a very short time. Well, and, you and, know, the plus side of that is that if you're an anarchist or a protester, or you just feel mm-hmm. like hanging out with a bunch of people to breathe together, then you're perfectly mm-hmm. fine to travel. And mm-hmm be unmasked and to just party down. So, you know, a little bit of, of, you know, statue tumbling is kind of like cow tipping, I think. So, <laughs> you know, <laughs> fine to do that. Just don't, you know. Well, well I think crazy. a prerequisite for cow tipping is, I think it requires at least a six-pack first. But <laughs> For those of us who don't drink beer, it takes about one of those little bottles. Oh. <laughs> and, but, you know, it's, we can laugh at it because of the ludicrousity of it. Mm-hmm. You know, it is just ridiculous, the things that are tolerated and... You know, it's a wonder, truly it's a wonder, that there was not a serious uprising amongst people that thought what was happening was so wrong. Yes, yes. You know, because there's a lot of people who really didn't consider themselves to have a dog in the fight with the, the protests and stuff, you know, because we're Americans and that's our right if we want to, you know, kill ourselves for a, a chance to catch a virus then you know but it's but we do have a right to protest peacefully protest mm-hmm. i saw a cnn reporter say you know well where does it say that you you know, that right that protests have to be peaceful well in the constitution <laughs> yeah. you know that document everybody's blowing their nose on but um it was just I found that to be a very bizarre question and showed that he was not very good at his job. But, um, or at least his writers should have had that in there for him. And we have a question in chat, and that was a six pack for the cow. (laughs) Well, it. It, it depends on how fast the cow is compared to how fast you are. Um, I'm just going to say it's on a if bull, I had the alcohol too. So. Right. Right. Um, but, um, yeah, I'm not sure where that would fit in because I, I know the old phrase is, uh, you know, beer for the horses and whiskey for the men, but I don't know about the cows. Cows are beer. So, Apparently. So, uh, that sounds like beer. Yeah. So, well, you so know, I we think, haven't. I think we, <laughs> we, have, we have another comment in chat from April who um, I just recently learned is an um, ancient text researcher, scholar, and student, and um, prophecies and things of that nature. 
She said that she feels like this virus is going to follow the same road as the Spanish flu and a world war follows that. But she says, but I look at things in a perspective of prophecy. So that's, right. a, that's actually an interesting angle. I think mm -hmm. she has, she has really great knowledge, but, um, you know, I'm just sitting there going, I just want to get to the beach. <laughs> yeah, I just <laughs> right. want to go south. Well, well, you know, well, well, you know, she brings up an interesting point, you know, and, and it very well could it, um, um, you know, and, and I can't help but wonder about that because, and, and me personally, this, this, I could be completely 100% wrong. Um, Not often. Probably, probably am because, I mean, this is just my little opinion. But, um, you know, I, I wouldn't expect a war to come about because of the virus directly. What I would expect is, you know, if you look at every war, um, you know, the propaganda always says, you know, we're going to war for this cause. You know, we're going to support these people that are being oppressed or we're going to end this or we're, you know. But the bottom line of every war is it's to gain money, resources, land. It's, you know, always something like that. There's always something to gain or to protect something that you currently have that is at risk of being lost, um, resource physically wise, you know, um, you know, look at the Gulf Wars, look at the, uh, you know, the, pretty much any you want to name that's been the case. Yes. Um, the, even the civil war, you know, everybody says it was slavery. No, it was taxes. It was an economic war, just like the rest of them. Yeah. Um, you know, Vietnam, even, um, Korean war. I mean, all of them. It's the same story over and over again. Um, and if you look at the economic impact that coronavirus has had on, on the globe, mm -hmm. um, you know, you're going to have some, some countries hurting more than others, and some are going to be more desperate to obtain resources. Um, so, so yeah, I would think that that's definitely a, a, a good insight and a good observation. Um, I would definitely see it as being possible. Well, and, you know, with such a clearly defined villain in the play, mm -hmm. then, you know, it's just, um, it would be an interesting, you're a military guy. Don't you think that China mm -hmm. against the world would be interesting? Yeah. I don't think it would yeah. be just China yeah. against the world, though. There's a lot of, no, no, of that... envy of our nation. Even though people that live here don't always appreciate how special we are, we really are um, a very blessed nation. We have freedoms that people envy. We have, you know, until we're filled in one, you know, one swoop by everything having to to shut for national safety, you know, we were doing great economically. Everything was very much on the up swing. And, you know, now it's, it's going to be interesting. You know, all those people that would have been speaking different languages if we didn't have our greatest generation, you know, don't always seem to remember that experience anymore. 
That's why I don't think it would be just everybody against China. I think there'd be a lot of people against us too. Oh yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. You including some of our citizens, uh, right? Uh, mm -hmm. and, and you know something that that I just want to point out is I, I mean you make a great point about you know how how many things that we enjoy and you know to people that do complain about how bad it is here and you know even if they haven't really looked at how things are in other parts of the world um you know just look at how it was here um you know how it's been now compared to before the virus look at how um how many things people have always taken for granted exactly you know just just something as simple as you know going to walmart at two in the morning <laughs> you know or hey let, let's go into this restaurant and sit down because we're tired of driving yeah um you know the, there's a lot that you know that we've all taken for granted that i think now we if we're paying attention, we appreciate a little bit more. I agree, but we have to take a break. And I I am 100% in agreement. I really hope that that appreciation is going to come back. But um, mm -hmm. we'll be back right after this. Y'all come back, too. You are listening to WBHM Digital Broadcasting, Birmingham, Alabama. Come on, I'm Southern, but... Um, nope. That'll do. Hello, I am Kat Hobson, host of Paranormal Experience here on WBHN Digital Broadcasting out of Birmingham, Alabama. I enjoy having guests from all areas of the paranormal, from ghosts to ufology to cryptids and beyond. You'll find some of the best researchers in their fields bringing you some great information. Join me on Wednesday nights from 8 to 10 p. Eastern here on WBHM Digital Broadcasting. You are listening to WPHM Digital Broadcasting. The best in paranormal talk radio. Listening to WBHM Digital Broadcasting, the best in paranormal talk, only on Paranormal Experienced Radio, broadcasting live out of Birmingham, Alabama. Since 1948, Fate Magazine has brought you reports of the strange and unknown, all of them true. Fate Radio is carrying on that tradition, bringing you the unusual, macabre, strange, and bizarre. Join host Kat Hobson Sunday nights from 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern on WBHM Digital Broadcasting. 
You're listening to WBHM Digital Broadcasting, the best in paranormal talk, only on Paranormal Experience Radio, broadcasting live out of Birmingham, Alabama. The time is 23 minutes after the hour. Welcome back to Paranormal Experience Radio here on WBHM Digital Broadcasting out of Birmingham. I am so excited to have my friend Frank Lee with me. We are friends. We are research partners. We investigate the paranormal together as well as trying to get some documentation of things through the um, through our noetic studies. So, and I, remind me, I have to tell you something about that with Lynn Pickerel. But we were discussing different things around the world as far as the attacks, um, the virus, which I am not convinced was an accident at all. And we have a question for you in chat, given your background, okay? Um, what is your take on the explosion in Beirut? Well, you know, I have, I've been following it, but I'm trying to follow it loosely on purpose, and that is, um, as of right now, we really don't know what caused it, what the details are. Um, all of it is, is speculation, and, um, you know, it's easy to form a wrong opinion if we try to come to a conclusion too soon before right. we have much information. However, it's, I think it is very suspect. Um, we, we do know that there, uh, you know, that there was a stockpile of, ammon- of ammonium nitrate. And of course, you know, anybody who remembers the, um, federal building mm-hmm, that, that building was also destroyed using ammonium nitrate. And having been to the side of the old Murrah Federal Building um, and seeing how large that building was and the, the amount of damage that was done, it is, you know, it, it's one of those things that, you know, you really can't visualize without being there and seeing it. It's massive. Um, of course, ammonium nitrate is a popular ingredient in fertilizer. Yes, it is. So, so you know that that in itself brings up a lot of you know suspicion. Um, and and you have to ask. I mean, was this something done? Of you know, is this something that another country or you know an entity that? Um, was against Lebanon? Is is this something that they did? Was was it an attack on, of opportunity, or you know, is this something that's been in the works for months and months, or is this a diversion for another attack? Um, you know, as as we've seen with with the nine eleven attacks here in the U.S., um, we had uh, multiple attacks all you know, at, at once across different sites, some failed, some successful, um, you know, like the Pentagon, the, of course, the, um, the twin towers, the, you know, it, everything's coordinated. 
And it makes you wonder, is this a similar type scenario? Is are, are they trying to distract everyone to this singular explosion while they orchestrate another attack? Or, you know, there's just so many questions that... Well, really you left out the Pennsylvania. The Pennsylvania oh, yeah, were I the did. passenger because those were heroes. And mm. they do get kind of, <clears throat> excuse me, I know it wasn't intentional. I, I know you better than that. And anybody would not. But, you know, it's, um, they saved probably all the congressional people because I, I think it was going to Congress. I don't think it would have gone to the White House. You know, and they don't often, people forget them because it wasn't as dramatic. It happened away from cameras. It happened away from limelight, whatever. And that's my my own little soapbox. Sorry. I don't know how I got into my right. feet. But, but, but you're well, right. And, I mean, and then again, and, and, you know, it's also... Um, something that we had to be careful of doing is saying, well, you know, it was this country or it was this entity or whatever, because then again, it um, it could have been due to improper storage of the ammonium nitrate. Now, the amount of it that was stored in that particular location is suspicious. Yes, it is. But, I mean... Especially with but, fireworks. I mean, we, I mean mm-hmm. really? I just... But at the same time, um, you know, we've had accidental ammonium nitrate explosions on a pretty large scale here in the U.S. before. So, I mean, it it does happen. Um, So it's it's one of those that, um, you know, I think that we're going to have to really just wait until we have more information because, as with anything, you know, if we're quick to form an opinion, we'll almost always form the wrong. Well, that's true. But you know me. <laughs> <laughs> By Jingo, there's that's... no way that was an accident. But, exactly. you know, you and I were talking about, you know, you brought up 9-11. And, you know, the same with, with Beirut. You know, we saw that first explosion. Mm-hmm. And we saw that first plane mm-hmm. crash. And we're like, oh my God, what a horrible accident. Well, then mm-hmm. the second plane hit. And we knew. And then that secondary explosion was beyond horribly spectacular. And so it right. just kind of feels like, you know, the feels of it are, oh my God, what a, what a, powerful attack and um, you know it's like when Trump said that it was you know a bomb he was fairly quickly walked back on that because they didn't have verifiable evidence of it at that time but you know know, go ahead sadly um, you know sadly just giving you know just uh, considering the, the climate of, of the way everything is right now. There's so many things going on in the world. Um, you know, stress is just so high. Everything is so wound up, so tight that it's easier to believe that 
it's a large-scale intentional bombing rather than an accidental explosion. And, and I mean, it's sad that the state of the world is at that point. But, you know, and I myself uh, have to, you know, even say that I would find it easier to believe that it was an intentional bombing than, than an accident. But, you know, after all we've seen over the years and considering that, you know, Lebanon has been a target many times. Um, and, um, you know, that considered, plus just, you know, the state that everything's in, um, it would be a lot easier to believe that it wasn't an intentional attack. Well, you know, there's a comment in chat that said that it's just interesting. Israel had recently said they were going to attack Lebanon if they didn't um, stop working with Hezbollah. And that was just shortly before that happened. So, you know, it's, there's just so many sides to look at with everything, in my opinion. There's just, there's too much um, that would be quick to judge without having the nuances behind the story. So that's important. And that's why Trump was walked back, because they didn't have the full information together. Well, I mean, that pretty much describes every bit of the research that I've done over the past 21 years. And that's, you know, all about, uh, wait a second, I don't, I think we're not seeing part of this, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Well, what's, what's the angle that nobody else is looking at here? How can I find that? That, That's, um, you know, uh, I tend to be um, good at that and making everybody around me uncomfortable at the same time when I do it. <laughs> or making them take a deep breath and tap their toes. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, but it is a sweet balance, right? You mm-hmm. you have, that's why I'm going to just, you know, step out here. That's why we work so well together. Because yes. while I tend, I mean, I'm wanting information, too. I want to know the facts. You can't do anything without facts. And whether it's a haunting, whether it's an anomalous behavior of the environment, whatever, you have to research and find out. And sometimes my intuition pops up, that little voice, the whatever, and says, no, this is da-da-da-da-da-da. And... Meanwhile, you know, six weeks later or something, you're like, you know, I think it was da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Because, and there's the backup. And Mm -hmm. we both know that while we have different skills sometimes, we still work toward getting a logical and backed-up explanation for what we see or experience. So, mm-hmm. although sometimes I am a little quicker to jump than you are, but that's balance. <laughs> that's yeah, it, it, it is. It is. Um, you know, but but it's true that um, you, you know we do have to consider everything. But you know, it's kind of like we've talked about many times. You know, it's your strongest validation is when. Uh, 
you've approached all angles and still arrived at the same destination. Yes. And we do that continuously. And the people researching this are going to as well. But it was so dramatic. I mean, I'm surprised every terrorist organization in the world hasn't come out and said, yeah, that was our work. You know, you know, I, I, I really am, too. Um, I'm surprised we haven't seen some of that. They're very quick to do that normally. Mm-hmm. So Which makes, they feel like- you know, I'm kind of. Yeah, it makes me kind of wonder, you know, what that that to me in itself seems so odd. Yeah. You know, it's like almost as if, you know, I, I tend to not be the conspiracy theory type or whatever, but I know. Uh, that in itself almost makes me think, wait, what do they know? <laughs> you know? Well, I think maybe it was much more, um, I think that they, it was much more effective, I think, than anyone could have could have anticipated so that's true you know I think that maybe they're a little overwhelmed that that level of destruction is going to prompt a very strong response Mm -hmm. and they don't really want that either because nobody actively seeks to be a martyr you know it's (laughs) it's just crazy though Yeah, I, I certainly agree. Um, you know, there there are so many things that you know go on with with governments and with um, with the different you know military forces globally, and so many things that sit around for nearly a century before it's even discussed about them becoming declassified. I mean, the sad thing is, um, you know, a lot of the the things that are our current events that just don't add up, we won't, well, we as a society won't truly know all the details in our lifetimes. Um, It'll be our children and grandchildren who will get the declassified redacted reports in about 70 to 80 years. Well, kind of like they're doing now with with Roswell. 70 years. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's just, you know, and I don't know, I don't know what, I think that all of this discussion of UFOs, UAP, UAV, um, and now we have AAV, which is Advanced Aeronautical Vehicles. So, um, you know, don't you, or do you, find it interesting that the nomenclature is changing so fast, which is going to make it awkward for people in the future to research through these and, you know, find these things because... The first time I saw AAVs was in these articles because they had just, I, Hillary Clinton was the first person I heard use um, 
UAPs and you know unified aerial phenomenon and then um, boom in the last couple of months it was UAVs you know unidentified aerial vehicles and so now we're to the AAVs so God knows what will be next week <laughs> that um you know, I think we're seeing two things at work there. Um, I think that um, that there is an intentional distancing from some of the historical terms. The um, yes, the uh, because one thing to one thing to consider is, I mean, taken at a literal sense, um, anything can be a. Uh, UFO, a USO, uh, you know, it, you know, a frisbee thrown at the right angle can technically be a UFO until it lands. Especially if you're quick with the um, camera, yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so, so I, so I do think that, uh, you know, there was a need for some clarification to, and I think that's where you're seeing it. The um, advanced aeronautical vehicle, the, you know, basically meaning, okay, this is a fly. It, it's definitely a vehicle. It's one that's aeronautical. We know that it's a vehicle. We know that it's, you know, extraterrestrial, but that's all we know versus, um, this is in terrestrial orbit. This is, um, you know, something that we're not sure if it's a vehicle or not. It's more of an object that, you know, I can see where there is a need for that. But I also do see um, some intentional separation. And and I can kind of understand because now, um, in, you know, we've seen a major shift over the past couple of decades. Uh, you know, used to, if you said UFO, you know, after the the giggling and laughter was over, um, yeah, you know, and the references to the little green man and the flying saucers and you know all of that stuff, um, you know, you wouldn't have anybody with, you know, you'd never have a tenured scientist or anybody who cared anything whatsoever about their reputation speak on the matter seriously. You know, it, if you heard somebody with, you know, the letters PhD behind their name speaking about UFOs or whatever, there was usually a punch line follow up. Um, now, over the past couple of decades, um, it's become a more mainstream topic. You know, and the funny thing about space is we we keep building better telescopes. And every time we point that fancy new telescope at space, space gets a little bit bigger. Why? Does it actually grow? No, we can just see more. Absolutely. We can see, yeah, we, we can see what we were looking at more clearly. So we gain a better understanding. And this also happens with our imaging, with our cameras, our infrared, with every type of technology that we use. You know, Moore's Law says that every two and a half years that the it's going to multiply times 10. Uh, um, the, um, you know, just the, the improvements and the, um, uh, the advancement of technology is just exponential. 
And um, we're going to continue to see that. So, you know, now it's got to that point where it's unavoidable. Now you have astrophysicists, you've got astronomers, you've got military, you've got all these different entities that used to turn a blind eye to it now are forced to confront, okay, what is this we're seeing? We're picking it up on our equipment too, <laughs> you know. Exactly, and, yes. um, Well, in all so fairness, the they, military stuff has always been 10 to 20 years more advanced than civilian stuff. So they've been seeing it longer. Yeah. That's true. Would be my opinion. Um, and, you know, that um, you've um, you've got that, but so now that it's kind of become undeniable, okay, we're seeing it, you know, this, oh. we can't. I have to stop oh, you. Go ahead. We have to take a break. I am so, so oh, okay. sorry. We'll be right back. You are listening to WBHM Digital Broadcasting, the best in paranormal talk, only on Paranormal Experience Radio. Broadcasting live out of Birmingham, Alabama. Oh, come on. I'm Southern, but... Um, nope. That'll do. Hello. I am Kat Hobson, host of Paranormal Experience here on WBHN Digital Broadcasting out of Birmingham, Alabama. I enjoy having guests from all areas of the paranormal, from ghosts to ufology to cryptids and beyond. You'll find some of the best researchers in their fields bringing you some great information. Join me on Wednesday nights from 8 to 10 p. Eastern here on WBHM Digital Broadcasting. Since 1948, Fate Magazine has brought you reports of the strange and unknown, all of them true. Fate Radio is carrying on that tradition, bringing you the unusual, macabre, strange, and bizarre. Join host Kat Hobson Sunday nights from 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern on WBHM Digital Broadcasting. Listening to WBHM Digital Broadcasting, the best in paranormal talk, only on Paranormal Experienced Radio, broadcasting live out of Birmingham, Alabama. Welcome back to Paranormal Experienced. I am Absolutely. Sorry, Frank. I did not mean to have to cut you off so abruptly because I was totally into this conversation and missed the break. So, Oh, it happens to the best of us. Uh, <laughs> trust, trust me. I mean, you, um, you, you know, when, when I was hosting a show, you, you were a guest on there many times and, and you know how I'm bad about the same thing myself and, <laughs> yeah, you know, happens. old habits die hard. Mm-hmm. Well, especially when we're talking, um, right? I mean, because we oh, just yeah. totally get into it, and it's um, it happens. Yep, it, it really does that. Uh, but but you know, like, like we we're talking about that, um, 
you know, every, everything got to a point where, you know, this was undeniable. And, you know, really what, when you started seeing the astrophysicists, the military, the different um, universities and world agencies become involved, you can't have them put on a credible report. Well, well, you know, today the president was looking at reports of flying saucers and, you know, this professor from UCLA says that, you know, the aliens were probably flying up, you know, that probably wouldn't go over so well, you know. Um, so they needed a different terminology because if you just type in UFO in Google or somewhere like that, you know, what's going to come up? Everything from, you know, things about the... Um, the, the videos that the Navy released this year to um, cartoons and comic strips and everything else. Um, so, you know, they did need a, a way to kind of separate, okay, this is the serious more, this is the academic side of it. You know, kind of like with what we did with, with answers, you know. Um, when... You know, what a lot of people don't know um, is when Kat and I were, were putting together the American Noetic Sciences Research Studies, um, the reason that it is worded like that was we didn't want the words parapsychology or um, paranormal anywhere involved in it no. because not... Not that what we're doing isn't involved with those areas of study, but if you type in paranormal, I mean, just, just look at what you're going to get. You're going to get everything from, you know, you'll have maybe, a, you might have one search result that links to, say, an accredited um, parapsychology course. And then you're going to have probably an argument about orbs, if they're paranormal or not. You're going to have somebody that's a demonologist. You're going to have, I mean, it's just so much. It's just all over the place. And, you know, so that, that was why we said, no, we don't want, used to, you could, you could use parapsychology and kind of separate yourself from it, but Unfortunately, parapsychology kind of also became a popular buzzword by people that probably have never even read a book on parapsychology or don't even know the actual definition of it. Um, the, oops, did I say that out loud? Um, <laughs> <laughs> the darndest things but, just fall out of your mouth sometimes. Yes, yes, yes. That's, but, you know... You see the same thing happening with the word parapsychology, you know. And, well, you know, I bought this equipment off of you, off of um, eBay, so I'm a parapsychologist now. No, you're not. If you haven't got a formal education from an accredited institution to train you in first psychology to know what is normal psychology <laughs> so that they can advance your training into parapsychology, which is the abnormal psychology beyond human comprehension, then no, you are not a parapsychologist. I'm sorry. I hate to 
well, no, I really don't hate to hurt your feelings, but, you know, it's time that you had a reality check. Um, well, I do want to point you know, out, that, though, that that is the reason that you are back in school full-time completing your psychology degree. Mm-hmm. And that you're doing a great well, job you know, with that. Well, you know, it, it was funny. I, I, I've been asked several times, you know, what I've learned over the years. And I um, always tell people that, you know, and after 20 years of doing paranormal and parapsychology research, what I learned was that I really don't know anything. And I, I, I learned that I've got a lot to learn. <laughs> And so that's what I did was I went back to school. It's like, I, you know, I, the, the more I learned, the less I knew. And kind At of the you more. you recognize that. So many don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that, you know, it's like every year, I, every year I became a little bit quicker to say, don't call me an expert. Don't even use that with my name. No. Exactly. <laughs> because I'm just starting to realize how much I don't know. It's um, humbling, isn't it? But it really is. And, you know, we, we know more about um, the surface on the exoplanets than we do about how the human brain works. You know, and that's with people that have been in school for 10, 12 years. You know, so that that's why I, I personally get so frustrated with people that watch a few YouTube videos or, God forbid, they watch Late Night History Channel or, you know, some some of those travel channel shows or destination America, some of those, and, you know, suddenly they become an expert on it. It's like, oh, no. <laughs> um, that, um, but, but yeah, basically, it was, I, I learned how much I don't know, and it's like, I, I gotta go to school. <laughs> well, I and, mean, how are you gonna uh, do the work if you don't have that, right? Yeah, that's, um, and, and really, what it was about was, I mean, I've been doing research for years and years, but I needed to, um, I needed to obtain the skills and the accreditation to, mm-hmm. to enable myself to further my research, you know, because I feel like it had went about as far as I could take it without doing those steps. And really had- because without yeah, without the accreditation, without the um, the formal education, I'm, there, there is no access to the equipment, to the facilities, to the resources that I would need to continue in the direction that I would want to go. Well, so for 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 me, it was just a necessary next step. I agree. You're blowing it out of the water just like you do everything else. So kudos to you. Well, I, I appreciate it. You know, I, I'm, I'm trying to keep a passing grade. <laughs> Don't let him fool you. He is um, he is more than a passing grade. He is doing outstandingly well. And actually, he is going to be a, an officer. In, mm-hmm. in the, well, basically the College Honor Society. And I'm just really proud of the work you're doing. 
Well, I appreciate it. You know, I, um, I, I try to, to hang in there, you know, with, with some of these young people, despite my age and being a little bit slower, but, you know, I, I think I, I keep up, (laughs) but you know, I'm, I'm not going to lie though. That homework was a whole lot easier about 25 years ago. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. It was, well, you know, we've got, um, all kinds of things and, You know, Denise said that she's Phi Theta Kappa. So she was. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. That, um, yeah, that is one right now. Um, uh, I'm also um, doing the PTK. Um, I'm one of their officers, and it, um, it, it's good experience well but you know it, it definitely helps a lot that um you know one thing about it is with you know by obtaining you know those credentials those um you know you it it opens you up to so many resources that you know, you're just not going to find on YouTube or, you know, other places. It does. I mean, you're just, you're, you're going at such leaps and bounds. And, um, you know, because one like you and I have talked about, you know, how one day, you know, would like to actually have a lab set up and, and be able to, to do, um, testing and, um, you know, somebody there's got to, you know, has to have the word doctor in front of their name to supervise it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, you have to have a medical board and, you know, well, I think that we will find one because Mm -hmm. specifically with some of the, the, the experiments that I'm coming up with that I am just really fired up to do, we are going to have to have medical personnel involved mm-hmm. just simply because. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be but, a must. Yeah, but, but yeah, and before I derailed us way off in the left field with all that, um, you know, <laughs> but what, what, I was, what, what, what I was saying though is, you know, how, you know, if you look at paranormal, um, you know, you're going to get everything from as woo-woo way out there in left field to, you know, one or two serious results. And everything is always lumped in together. You know, here it is. I, you know, I still get asked if I want to go ghost hunt. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, you do. And, um, it's like, uh, that's not the kind of research I do. Um, but, you know, that's, and that was why we needed a different wording with, with answers. You know, that's why we use noetic sciences is because it is very specific in what it does and it hasn't become some 
buzzword that has been taken over by, you know, a TV show or something like that. And hopefully it'll stay that way. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that way, because, because the, the type of research projects that Kat and I are doing with that are, are things that we plan on having, um, you know, having conducted under the observation and supervision of a medical advisory board and being able to submit the results in an academic setting. Mm -hmm. So it's, you know, one that it, it can't have the type of feel of, Hey, this is similar to what you watched on um, ghost adventures last week. <laughs> uh, it's, it's definitely a little bit more, um, complex and, and established. Um, so if anyone, if anyone hasn't blocked me yet, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're going to have a lot fewer, um, people, people back there, but we're going to yeah, have to take I, our top of the hour news break. So this is when they oh, can busily oh. go to their you know, pages and, and just delete you. So, <laughs> you're gonna have, you're gonna have to record a disclaimer when I come on the show. You know, it says warning. I have Kat a disclaimer just for you. <laughs> <laughs> but guys, we will be back. This is the top of the hour news break, and you never know. Maybe there's something good. I'm ever ever hopeful. So, and eventually the odds will be in my favor. We'll catch you on the other side. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Migrations from Flatiron Books. Migrations, named one of the best books of summer by Vogue. A novel about a woman with a dark past chasing the world's last birds. Read Migrations, now available where books are sold. Live from NPR News in Washington, I'm Windsor Johnston. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi is blasting President Trump for floating the idea of using the White House to accept the Republican presidential nomination later this month. Speaking on MSNBC today, Pelosi said the president has no right to even suggest it. For the president of the United States to degrade, once again, the White House, as he has done over and over again, by saying he's going to completely politicize it, is something that uh, uh, should be rejected right out of hand. The Trump campaign had planned to hold the Republican National Convention in Florida and North Carolina, but canceled amid a surge in new coronavirus cases. The Washington Post reported yesterday that Republican officials were considering using the White House South Lawn to stage Trump's acceptance speech. Numerous countries are coming to the aid of Beirut, a day after a massive explosion killed at least 130 people and injured more than 5,000. Israel is offering gestures of sympathy to Lebanon, even though the countries are in a state of war. NPR's Daniel Estrin reports from Jerusalem. There's no travel or official contact between the countries, but Israel's President Reuven Rivlin said we share the pain of the Lebanese people. Israel is offering medical aid, though Lebanon is unlikely to accept it. In Tel Aviv, City Hall will be lit in the colors of the Lebanese flag. The mayor said humanity comes before any conflict. That's drawn opposition from the son of Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu. And a far-right Israeli politician celebrated the Beirut blasts. Lebanon's president said the explosions were caused by ammonium nitrate unsafely stored. That caused Israeli officials to raise alarm about chemicals stored in the Israeli coastal city of Haifa. 
Daniel Estrin, NPR News, Jerusalem. Service businesses in the U.S. showed stronger-than-expected growth last month, but as NPR's Scott Horsley reports, that's not necessarily translating to a lot of jobs. A survey of service industry managers found business picking up in July for the second month in a row. Both new orders and business activity accelerated, but the service's workforce continued to shrink. Both home builders and health care providers reported some challenges obtaining supplies, and retailers say they've had to stock up on face masks for both customers and employees. In some service industries, such as finance and insurance, many people are still working from home. Real estate agents say they've had to change the way they do business because of the pandemic. And educators report a lot of ongoing uncertainty over whether students will be back in their classrooms in the fall. Scott Horsley, NPR News, Washington. Stocks are trading higher on Wall Street at this hour. The Dow Jones Industrial Average is up 294 points. The S&P 500 up 20. The Nasdaq Composite up 52 points. You're listening to NPR News in Washington. Michigan Congresswoman Rashida Tlaib has won a decisive victory in the state's Democratic primary. Quinn Kleinfelter from member station WDET reports the first Palestinian-American woman ever elected to Congress defeated her primary opponent by a wide margin. Two years ago, Tlaib barely won the chance to represent her district, one of the poorest in the nation. This time, she earned twice as many votes as her more established rival, Detroit City Council President Brenda Jones. Tlaib's gained a national reputation by battling with President Trump and becoming a member of the so-called squad of first-term progressive women of color in the House. In a statement, Tlaib notes that she was considered perhaps the most vulnerable member of the squad, but says her victory shows, quote, the squad is here to stay, and it's only getting bigger. Historically, whoever wins the Democratic primary in the Detroit-based district wins the general election as well. For NPR News, I'm Quinn Kleinfelter in Detroit. The president of Colorado State University says she's launching an investigation into how the school's athletic department handled coronavirus safety protocols. The probe is in response to newspaper reports that players were told not to reveal symptoms. Colorado State football players and members of the athletic staff allege that coaches told them not to report COVID-19 symptoms and threatened players with reduced playing time should they quarantine. Stocks continue to trade higher on Wall Street. The Dow up 292 points at 27,120. The S&P up 20 points. The Nasdaq Composite up 52. This is NPR News. Welcome back to Paranormal Experience with Kat Hobson. And I'm so glad that you're here. We have been having the best time. I am tonight joined by Frank Lee, who is the co-founder of the American Noetic Science Research Studies, with me. And we are talking about that. We're talking about UFOs. We're actually going to be talking about um, the, the things that every person involved in UFOlogy, even just a minor interest, was sitting on the edge of their chair waiting for which would be the New York Times articles by Ralph Blumenthal and Leslie Keen actually sharing the information. And there were a couple of them. They actually broke the first story with the Tic Tac videos. Y'all remember those from um, a while back. And with the Nimitz, those experiences 
you know, the videos that have been released were actually in 2004. Prior to that, on the Atlantic coast, the, um, there had been another experience for another carrier group on exercises. So that to me is just amazing. You don't hear as much about that. I don't know. I don't know why that video has not been released as well, but it is, I'm curious as to whether that was a more intense interaction or either it was an intense interaction that they don't feel they can share or it was nothing. The fact that they, they don't even mention it, the fact that no one is talking about that there was more before the Nimitz, which anybody who's been in the Navy on a ship, especially around the Indian Ocean, I'm told, um, there's crazy stuff that happens. They see it, they document it, um, depending <clears throat> on their, their classification, they can or can't talk about it. And so what's interesting to me with the, the articles carried or written by Ralph Blumenthal and Leslie Keene is that in some of the, the chats on those articles, there's discussion about Davis, even as an independent contractor, should have been under an NDA, a non-disclosure. And he was still... He actually used terminology that, you know, off-world vehicles. We had off-world vehicles in our possession. Things created not of this earth. And mm -hmm. if that shouldn't have been classified, Frank, I don't know what should have been, right? <laughs> yes. That's but, pretty intense. And, you know, and personally, I think that... Uh, the only reason I, I'm like you, I believe that the only reason that it wasn't classified was he, he was able to work around a, a, a loophole on it. Um, that because, you know, you've, you've even got, um, you know, you've got him, you've even got astrophysicists saying that, you know, Hey, we, we just don't have the technology to, to build this. This wasn't something that was man-made. Um, you know, and the thing that, that really stands out is how many times have we heard of a program that, you know, the government will finally say, you know, yeah, we had this project going for a while that we investigated, but, you know, we closed it down. We didn't find anything really interesting. Well, you find out that, you know, maybe they found a lot more than they're admitting to. But, you know, supposedly the program closed down. Well, then a few years pass by and they're like, well, the program didn't really close down. We just changed the name of it from this. You know, we shut down this program but continued it under this name. And it's still funded as, yeah. Mm -hmm. and, and that seems to be an ongoing theme. And, you know, what basically what we learned back in May is that <laughs> that hasn't changed any. It is still going to this day. Yes. Um, <laughs> you know, that's where... Um, you you have the um, you know what they call the black funds that that are uh, that, that are operating these and you know it's nothing's changed and and it's not going to anytime soon. Um, 
you know, the, the you have your black budgets there for for a reason. You know, um, uh, you know, a lot of people are against it. Um, personally, I, I support it in a lot of way. You know, um, it doesn't need to be public record. Every piece of technology that the military has and where some of that money's being spent, um, if people knew it, it would be. You know, it wouldn't be a matter of, a matter of national security. Um, you know, for that um, for that reason, um, and, and I think that some of it applies in the you know the UFO research side um, because you know how many of these things are you know how many times is our own technology being spotted and you know, reported as a UFO or how many times is it being tested? Um, well, if you're you know, around there, any proving ground or R and D base, then I would say that the odds are good, but those bases are not always publicly classified. So, mm-hmm. you know, because I've had experiences here in Alabama with mm-hmm. objects that I can't explain. So, it's, um, and I, and Alabama's I am, yeah, so, and we also have, um, an intelligence division here, so a lot of people don't know that, but it's not mm-hmm. off the record, it's, it's acknowledged, but it's, um, you know, and a lot of the technology and research is being done through the intelligence services. Mm-hmm. It's um, the Office of Naval Intelligence. So um, it's interesting. There's all kinds of stuff mm-hmm. happening. And when I have something I can't explain, I call people that should know. Right. That's the best thing about doing my job. And it's um it's just really really interesting because when I had one of my experiences I was on the phone with someone and that was the only documentation I had of it. But I was glad to be on the phone with someone because I was I really am concerned about missing time. I don't want to have to ponder. But um, I think it's really interesting because when you look at the TTSA, it's um, to the Stars Academy. Um, Lou Elizondo, who was over ATIP, retired. um, Well, he resigned in 2017 and created or created. He went into work with. Tom DeLonge and Christopher Mellon and there's a whole slew of retired government people who work with To The Stars Academy and it's really interesting if you start paying attention and checking them out the knowledge base with that group is pretty pretty strong how put off mm-hmm. I mean you know there's so many People who are, it's really interesting because a lot of them are former intelligence officers. A lot of them are um, 
you know, engineers, aerospace engineers. And, you know, it's just, I'm really surprised that they haven't um, managed to grab Alabama's, you know, ancient aliens, aerospace engineer, smartest man in the room most of the places he goes. But he's doing pretty good on his own. Um, but, you know, there's so much that is coming to light as a result of these conversations. And, mm-hmm. you know, April and chat made a point that says they don't see where they keep the B-2 bombers either. So, right. you know, you don't give away well, you know, where your strategic equipment is. Well, well you know, um, yeah, so something to think about, too, is, you, you know, I, I think we... I think we've even talked about this on, on the show before. You know, I I would be absolutely 100% shocked if there was actually anything at Area 51. I, I do not think that there is anything out there. Um, and the reason that I think that is, but I think, however... I mean, there might be some bunkers with some old tax records from 1962 or something like that out there. But, you know, I think the government keeps up a good facade out there of the illusion of secrecy for the simple diversionary tactic. You know, the the same that a magician uses in an illusion. You know, hey, watch this hand. You know, don't look here. Meanwhile, um you know, somewhere that's not even discussed is where the actual secret operations are are uh, carried out. Because if you think about it, strategically, the middle of the desert would be the worst possible place to try to conduct top secret research. <laughs> Especially with Google Earth. Google Earth, you, you have no ground cover. The relatively, I mean, there's, there's not like a, a large mountain range nearby. There's not, uh, I mean, you, you have no protection that, yeah. you know, so it's hard to hide anything there that tactically and strategically, that would be the worst possible place that they could ever try to hide anything. But if you can, if you can convince people, Hey, it's right here. So don't look. Meanwhile, <laughs> you've got good places like say in the South, uh, the um, northeast, some places with kind of a mountainous um, landscape that gives some natural cover, some a lot of trees for ground cover and terrain and easy to blend into, then, you know, it makes your work a lot easier. And I think, you know, I would absolutely, you know, that's just my opinion. I might be wrong, but I personally believe that that has been the story since Probably about 1948. <laughs> I would agree with that. But, you know, something that I find find really interesting is that, um, you know, there's discussion with all these people. You know, some of these articles have Elizondo, Harry Reid, um, Eric Davis, as I mentioned, and... Mm-hmm. It's like the constraints, I'm going to quote a a section from this. 
the constraints on discussing classified programs and the ambiguity of information cited in unclassified slides from the briefings have put officials who have studied UFOs in the position of stating their views without presenting any hard evidence. And, you know, Davis, who works for a defense contractor, said he gave a classified briefing to a Defense Department agency as recently as March about retrievals from off-world vehicles not made on this earth. Mm-hmm. Now, that is not an ambiguous statement. That is a clear statement. And we will be back to discuss it further right after we have this break. <laughs> You are listening to WBHM Digital Broadcasting, the best in paranormal talk, only on Paranormal Experience Radio, broadcasting live out of Birmingham, Alabama. Several U.S. presidents are on record talking about the UFO mystery. Yep. Presidents Jimmy Carter, Ronald Reagan, both had UFO sightings of their own, but the current presidential campaign might be the first in which UFO disclosure has been championed by a major party candidate. DIA, CIA, it moves around, is operating a program to train psychic spies to spy and use their powers against Russia. John Ronson writes about this in The Men Who Stare at Goats. The first known sighting of a ghost took place right after Abraham Lincoln was assassinated uh, in the late 1860s during the administration of Ulysses Grant. Project Paperclip, Clinton releases it all in 1998. Possibly the unequal cooling of its surface. I say to you, don't think it's a meteor, Professor. I don't know what to think. The uh, metal casing is definitely extraterrestrial. It's a place where UFO hunters and scientists gather to examine paranormal activity in the region. Some of the documents, this is bringing Nazi scientists into the United States to work here. So we fought against the Nazis. And it's not, this again is not a revelation. As early as 1947, 1946, we knew some of this, right? On the paranormal, will we see U.S. President Barack Obama's foreign policy go intergalactic in a quest for gold stolen by aliens? We'll tell you at least how the White House responded to claims the chief executive has been teleporting to Mars. But let's get to today's Capital Account. UFOs, hauntings, psychic abilities, conspiracy, ESP, cryptozoology. There are many things that remain unexplained in the inexplicable world around us. And we're talking about them here looking for answers on WBHM Digital Broadcasting, Birmingham, Alabama. The truth is out there. Thank you for listening to WBHM Digital Broadcasting out of Birmingham, Alabama. The time is 23 minutes after the hour. 
Welcome back to Paranormal Experience Radio here on WBHM Digital Broadcasting. We have been having just a fantastic discussion, and my guest tonight is Frank Lee, who also happens to be my research partner and my friend. But we have been discussing, well, a lot of different things, but we're kind of focused in now on on the New York Times coverage of UFOs and UAP, UAV, AAV. Pick your acronym. Mm -hmm. So we are, um, I'm interested because Mm -hmm. Harry Reid is quoted in this article as well, the first one of the release. But it's, um, it's, Interesting because it says no crash artifacts have been publicly produced for independent verification. Some retrieved objects, right. such as unusual metallic fragments, were later identified from laboratory studies as man-made. What I'm curious about with that, Linda Moulton Howe had a um, a um, piece of material that was of a very interesting composition. And David's a machinist. He knows metals. And I went to him and I said, have you ever heard of this? And he was like, well, no, I really haven't. Um, but I can look for you. So he was doing that. Well, about that time, Tom DeLong came into possession of that piece of metal. And that's part of what, if I'm not mistaken, has been ruled as off-planet. Not necessarily alien. Because mm-hmm. if you read further into this stuff, there are some methods of working with things that have to be done in zero gravity. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, oh my gosh, I so am over my head right this minute. And it took me about, <laughs> <laughs> it did, it took me a, a little while. And, um, you know, so... Now I'm starting to wrap my mind around a little bit more of that, but it is just really the things that you don't know you don't know are really, they will astound you sometimes. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, that's why I say so much that, you know, it's not so much about finding answers. Answers can mislead you. You got to make sure that you're asking the right questions to begin with. Exactly. uh, You read that too, right? Yeah, that um, but you, it it really is, and uh, um, you know, something that you brought up such an excellent point when when you were talking about the off planet versus alien. I mean, that's that's the thing is terminology is so important. Yes, Um, we we tend to overlook it we tend to want um you know words to be interchangeable that aren't and it um we, we tend to use words out of context and that is where a lot of our miscommunication comes in uh you know it's kind of like we were talking um the you know the information there, there's so much that is there and publicly available easy to access um, you know, there, there are different things um, like archive.org. Uh, 
the the FBI, the CIA, you have the FBI vaults. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, you can go straight on the government's website and download these declassified files and read them for yourself. And on military operations. I was worried that you had hit something wrong and just logged out of Skype altogether. <laughs> but yeah, that, you were... Um, I, I saw this weird thing in the sky and I was pointing up at it and saying that wasn't real. And then this beam of light came down on me and next thing I knew I was disconnected from Skype. And so um, anyway, what time is it now? <laughs> <laughs> we still have minutes, so we're good. But, awesome. you know, you're sharing about the, the availability of these declassified documents to everyone. And you, you know, I mentioned that and get cut off. Isn't that convenient? Well, you know, I did publicize what the show was going to be about, but I didn't do it until today. This is this was a show I did not want to have complications with. I guess they just realized. So <laughs> that, um, but but yeah, the, the documents are out there, and you can go on the FBI's website. You can go on the CIA. You can actually read reports. Uh, on everything from military operations to uh, UFO reports to there's Bigfoot sightings. Um, it the Project Stargate where they where they tried to train psychic soldiers. Yes. You can read those reports. Um, I mean, all of it is there, and it's it's not all things that are thirty and forty years old. You know, some of it is fairly recent, um, and so, so the information is there. You just, you have to search for it. And it's not as hard as you would find, but it's not going to, the, the FBI is not going to have it like a big clickbait headline where it just <laughs> pops out. You know, you know, click here to find out why the government stopped spending $20 million to <laughs> research psychics. Yeah. You, you know, know it's going to be a little line, bit more formal. My favorite line from all movies is, um, mm-hmm. In Independence Day, when the president and his entourage after the attacks are walking into Roswell, basically, and um, into Area 51. And the president's like, why did, why did I not know about this? Well, A, presidents are not permanent employees. They're temporary employees, and that's the way the agencies view them. But... Um, right. The guy says plausible deniability, and the um, dad says, you didn't really think they spent $20,000 on a hammer, did you? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And that was the perfect actor for that. I loved him. But, um, you know, I just thought that was, that was pretty interesting, because that, that's truth. I can't believe they got away with it, but it was, you know, there's a lot of things that show up in films and other projects like that. I find it fascinating. It, it really, it, it really is that, um, and, and, you know, it, it's just crazy that the, um, the information is there and people just don't utilize it. Um, 
And, and I think that's the saddest thing because um, it, and, and actually anyone in the chat, I just put a link to the FBI's vault on there. So, so after the show, everybody can go searching it for UFOs. Um, and, and, and there's also some pretty cool stuff about psychics and all that other stuff. Um, I'm going to tell you, there's a lot of stuff about, um, about supernatural beings in that FBI vault, too. <clears throat> I just found that fascinating when I started looking around. So, there's that. Yep. And, um... And also another good site I'm gonna I'm gonna put in there too. It's archive.org, and these it does it doesn't matter if you're doing academic research, private research, or if you're just wanting to kill some time on a Wednesday night. Um, it, this is good stuff here. After the show. So, after <laughs> the show. It, these sites are non-published right now, but I hear that at nine o'clock Central Time they bring them back online. <laughs> um, <laughs> that works for me absolutely right. they're down on Wednesdays between 7 and 9 and um, you know of course on Sundays between 7 and 9 yeah. um, <laughs> the, yeah. um, I want to I want to touch on something because mm -hmm. you know us we will we will just keep zooming but um, you had mentioned that you know, do we believe being the wrong question? And I really appreciated the fact that they included this quote from um, Margaret Mead. And she was asked if she believed in UFOs, and she called it a silly question. Belief has to do with matters of faith. It has nothing to do with the kind of knowledge that is based on scientific inquiry. Do people believe in the sun and the moon or the changing of seasons or the chairs they're sitting on? When we want to understand something strange, something previously unknown to anyone, we have to begin with an entirely different set of questions. What is it? How does it work? And, mm -hmm. you know, they say that, that when the Pentagon UFO program, that's what the Pentagram... <laughs> They have one of those, too. That's what the Pentagon right, UFO that... program has been focusing on, making it eminently newsworthy. And to make it clear, UFOs uh, don't yeah. mean aliens. Right. So, that, well, the Pentagram is the, that's the Illuminati headquarters. It is. I'm not mistaken. Uh, yes. <laughs> right. <laughs> not but, to be confused with the Pentagon. That's true. That's true. That, you know, it's just so interesting because um, in an interview with with Lou Elizondo, at one point he said, you know, asking me if I believe is the wrong question. And that's what he was referencing as well. This has been something that, I mean, because, you know, I follow UFO Twitter and I participate with that. And, you know, it's... um it's been fascinating to me because there are so many brilliant physicists who participate as well. Um, I've learned, <laughs> I've learned a lot of what I don't know following these right. people and conversing with these people. You, you, you know, I resemble that remark. <laughs> right. But, you know, they were almost, they were too cool to be giddy 
okay? Mm-hmm. But they were as close to Giddy as as a multiple PhD research scientist is going to allow himself to appear. So, <laughs> you know, it's just, it just makes my heart smile when I see, you know, these are what these people have been focused on for, for decades. They want answers. They can't believe that there's not, you know, information forthcoming. You know, there's no, everybody is still being mocked and ridiculed and, I think that um, I think that when these videos were first released in 2017, the ridicule stopped to a degree. Right. And because now there is military documentation of the fact that there are things that we don't have the capability to catch with our fiercest interceptors. And that that gives rise to concern, obviously, but mm-hmm. it's still what it is. And I think that's just but, pretty astounding. And it, it really is that, um, you know, the, the way that, um, the, the way that they had answered that question about belief is that, to to me, that is perfectly stated, you know, it, because it doesn't matter what you believe in, you know, you've, you know, you've got people that don't believe in um, evolution. You got people that don't believe that, you know, you have people that believe that Earth is literally six thousand years old, yet we, yet we see millions of years of geological data and biological data that suggest. Hey, this happened over millions and millions of years of slow transformation. Um, you know, regardless of what one believes, that doesn't change the fact, the actuality. Um, and, and this is something that, you know, me and you have talked about extensively with, with the paranormal. You know, I can't, I, I tend to be skeptical on a lot of things. And, but I can't no. sit here and say, I don't, kidding. <laughs> I, I know this is a shock to anyone listening, <laughs> but, <laughs> that, um, but you know, at the same time, I, I can't say the paranormal doesn't exist. Um, yeah. that would be, abs- that, that would be absurd because look at how many reports there have been from, you know, as long, I mean, literally, as long as people have been writing, people have been writing ghost stories. Yes. You know, so it might not be what people think it is. It might not be the explanation that they give for it, but something is happening. And so it's not a matter of belief in it, of, you know, do I think it's happening? No. It's a matter of, okay, what is happening? What is this? That is, is this some type of interdimensional or being or some type of anomaly that's, you know, superseding space and time? Is it something in our own perception that is causing this glitch in how we see or experience the world around us? That, you know, now that opens up a whole field of questions, but 
none of the answers that we could come up with can cancel out the fact that people are having those experiences and have been having those experiences as long as people have been writing about experiences, period. And it's very much the same way with UFOs. As long as people have been looking at the sky, people have been seeing things that they can't explain. People have been fascinated by it. You know, it, it, even if you look back to the ancient mythologies, you know, what does everything always go back to? You know, we how, how many centuries, how many millennia have we been fascinated with Mars? Yeah. Why are we so fascinated with Mars? Out of all the planets, out of everything in the sky, we always seem to get stuck on exactly. that planet. And, you know, it makes you wonder, you know, it may not be that these, um, you know, it might not have been, a, you know, deities coming down from the sky and, you know, doing some of the things that were written down in some of the ancient texts. But obviously something happened somewhere that triggered us to have that fascination and fixation on certain phenomena, on certain planets, on certain shapes, you know, the pyramids, on different things. It, everything happens for a reason. Yes, it does. Nothing's the, in a void. So we, the, the trick is, you know, finding the cause of it, finding what is that reason. You know, UFO reports are, are going to keep going up. Um, they might not be called UFO reports. Uh, a lot of them are going to be debunked as, as cameras get better. Um, that's, you know, that's just something that's going to happen. You know, as of right now, there are 2,666 satellites in orbit going around the Earth. Um so, you know, if you consider that, I mean, you know, what people don't take into consideration a lot of times when they think about these space launches and things like that is how how much effort has to go into um, making sure that when they send a satellite or a space shuttle or something like that up, that it doesn't collide with a GPS satellite or a telecom satellite or you know, something, a defense um, satellite that's in orbit or something like that. And, you know, what the, um, what is entailed with, because think about that, over 2,600 objects flying around the earth. Um, and that's not counting, you know, debris. Um, it's, um, there's just so much to it. And how many of these satellites do, how many times does somebody look up and see a glimpse of one of these satellites? How many drones are in the sky at any given time? Um, both, you know, recreational or even commercial, but, you know, how many UAVs, how many military drones are up? Um, police drones, ones you don't hear about, that are much larger than the one that, you know, your, your neighbor's 12-year-old is flying because he's bored. Yeah. Um, and, you know, there's you going to be more. Mm -mm. And, and there's going to be more and more drones, more and more UAVs. And, you know, Starlink, the the Internet project that, for yeah. SpaceX, 
you know, right now they um, they have, if I'm not mistaken, the last count was right close to 200 satellites up so far. Mm-hmm. However, um, that um, they're looking at putting, um, you know, it's going to be right at 4,000 satellites that just they're going to have in themselves. Um, so you're going to continue seeing strange objects in the, in the sky. So the thing is going to be um, keeping up with the technology and knowing how to spot, okay, this is a satellite. This is, you know, being able to identify it. And being you know, able so, to so when they collide. Yeah. Yeah, because more sightings are inevitable, but also more collisions are inevitable. Um, that's, that's just, you know, the more cars that are on the road, the more chances of an accident, you know, that's, but, you know, you, you want to do that. So you don't have the same thing going that, um, that we see it. You you don't want the UFO community to, to follow the path that we see a lot in the paranormal community. Where, you know, as advanced as cameras are, um, the, the camera on, on my Samsung cell phone is more advanced than it, it has a higher resolution than a $2,500 camcorder that I've got sitting on the shelf. And as sickening as that is in, in itself, um, this technology is available. And, and I don't have the newest, latest, greatest cell phone either. Yeah. Um, it's, it's one I've had for a while, but you know, the, the technology is there. Our, our images that we take, our videos are better. So we have to understand how the technology works because I mean, as advanced as cameras and the equipment is, you know, we still have people that are arguing over orbs and, arguing over, um, you know, well, every photo that comes out blurry must be a ghost or a demon. And, you know, it's like as much as the knowledge and technology has advanced and all the resources we have, how are we still having this argument and getting up, getting frustrated that things aren't, that, these topics and the people around them aren't being taken more seriously. It's like, seriously, look at what, you know, look at what you're arguing over. Well, <laughs> you know, you know uh, in this day and age, if you have to circle it, mm-hmm. then, you know, you invalidated it anyway, because things that I have that people would say are pareidolia are perfectly clear. It's also mm-hmm. debunking a lot of pareidolia. Um, mm-hmm is an explanation because you can literally see structure to the face and other things as well. So it's working both ways to a degree. Um, mm-hmm. I think that, well, you know, go ahead. I, well, I was going to say, you know, speaking on pareidolia, um, you know, and in psychology, you know, that's something pareidolia and apophenia are two things that we um, deal with quite a bit. And, Something that I need to, I feel like I need to point out is if somebody tells you that the reason you're seeing something is pareidolia, just 
don't get upset. Don't be offended because that doesn't mean you're crazy. Actually, it means the opposite. If pareidolia is, you know, if you're seeing those, um, a face, an intelligent structure or pattern that out of complete randomness, congratulations, your brain works and it's working well. And that that's a sign that it's healthy. Be appreciative. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, it's really funny because, um, with, with depression that I didn't realize I was coping with, you know, when I had to be Mm -hmm. down for a while, I actually lost dreaming, you know, Mm -hmm. aware of dreaming and imagination to a degree. Mm -hmm. I just Mm -hmm. wasn't, I wasn't up for that because I was focused Mm -hmm. on, you know, learning to do other things again. So Mm -hmm. it's really weird how your brain, because as powerful as it is, it still needs to focus on what is critical at that time. And Mm -hmm. I was, I had no idea that, because I actually started researching that because I was like, what on earth happened to my dreams? Right. That, you know, well, you know, when, when you get into psychology and into pareidolia and apophenia and things like that, um, something that you really need to keep in mind is that a lot of these things that can be annoyances to us, like pareidolia, like matrixing or the auditory pareidolia or epiphenia. These things we have um, now are what kept our ancestors alive. They they were how we recognized each other. Um, They're how we still recognize each other by side, by without even thinking about it. It's down in the, you know, it's in the um, cerebellum. It's not even, a complex thought um, because we don't greet each other by sniffing each other's butts before we say, Oh, Hey Bob, how are you? You know, that, that's not how we do it. Right. Uh, and I'm thankful for that. So, <laughs> so every time pareidolia happens, I'm going, you know, I'm, I, I like the way my brain works most of the time. Yeah. Um, but, but, you know, it's, it's what kept uh, our ancestors from being eating or, or from being eaten by that thing that was hiding in the dark, you know, and, you know, there, there's all sorts of ways that it helped us. And I'll, I'll put a link in the, in the chat since I figured out how to do that to, um, to, to the presentation that, that I do about the the pareidolia and some of that because some of the people might um, be surprised at some of that information. <laughs> well, I'm always surprised by the information you share, Frank. So they'll probably enjoy it too. Uh, well, you know, I only look at the I only copy and paste from the best ghost websites. <laughs> True that. True that. Well, I have a question for you relevant to this information that came out on UFO, UAP, UAV, AAV. But um, Mm -hmm. do you know that we have only had that many? Yeah, it was UFO until 2016, publicly. Mm -hmm. And then Hillary Clinton was discussing something about UAPs, that she would like to release information about UAPs. But, of course, her husband wanted to, too. But temp employees, they don't get that information. 
So, um, you know, then I was, I don't even remember where I was when, you know, the, the UAVs, oh, in articles, that's been this year. So we had 2016 UAPs after, from 1947 to 2015-16 of UFOs. Then it became UAPs. Then it became UAVs. And in these articles are where I got, you know, taken by surprise that in less than, basically in less than a year, we had transferred it to you, uh, to AAVs. That's a pretty mm-hmm. swift um, thing. So if I'm going out looking for, for UFOs, I'll find those up until, you know, 2015. Then I'm going to have to switch my search to UAPs. Then I'm going to have to switch to UAVs. And, you know, so that's why when I was reading, you know, contemplating, not reading, but when I was contemplating mm-hmm. the things that I've seen just in the short time I've been involved with the UFO community, I was like, they're trying to hide stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, this is because of the rapidness of the changes. It was almost like we're just going to keep changing this and then, you know, we'll settle on what we want them to be. But it's going to be harder to find. Well, you know, I, I, I do think that that part of it is to obscure that link. And, yeah. and, and I think that some of it has to do with, you, you know, imagine, you know, being you know, Hillary Clinton's campaign manager. And she says, you know, I think I'm going to talk about releasing some information on UFOs. And me as a campaign manager, that would be probably when my head would go, oh my God, (laughs) you know, explode because I'd be thinking, you know, okay, great. You do this. And now everybody is going to be, you know, that's not going to be good. You can't call it UFO. You've got to call it something else. You know, you can put the idea out there, but you got to come up with a different term. And I, I almost think that that may have happened a couple of times. (laughs) But, you know, when she said, I just realized that my mic was not working but it is now. But what I had said was that, you know, a friend of mine actually stated that that was the reason when TTSA got involved and they wanted to be all upscale and scientific and all the rest, Mm -hmm. which is a good thing. And they are, um, that they didn't want to be affiliated with UFOs. So they actually, you know, started using the UAPs. And mm-hmm. I'm not sure what the basis was for that other than, you know, or really where that originated. I just think it would have been with them. So hopefully. But it was just an interesting thing to me that the speed with which these things have now been changing. It was fine for, you know, 70 years and then now it's not because we don't want to be affiliated with that. Right. And and I think that there, there were probably, we'll, we'll probably see this happen um, 
with the um, UA, um, UAVs, UFOs themselves, um, I, I figure that we'll probably have that happen when it comes to talk about possible extraterrestrials, uh, as well as what we're doing ourselves um, with some terms that are associated with the paranormal. Mm-hmm. You know, to to be able to guide it, you know, to kind of change into a um, more distinct direction or guided more toward um, a clinical academic approach, you know, to um, separate from the pop culture aspects. I, I think that it's necessary. And I think that we're going to see a lot more of it. Well, you know, it's really interesting to me because it went from Ghost Hunter to Paranormal Mm -hmm. Investigator and Mm -hmm. then into Parapsychological Research. And, Mm -hmm. you know, so it is there, but Mm -hmm. it just is because, you know, very rarely do I use on my tags Ghost Hunter. Or ghost hunting. Right. Because I've always said, I wouldn't want to be hunted. Right. right? <laughs> so I hate using that term. And, you know, because I don't mind well, being I'm still investigated. But, well, you know, and I still don't know where to get a, a hunting license for them anyway. And, you know, I don't know what the bag limit is. So, you know, I, I avoid it. I avoid that term just for the legal reasons. Exactly. Well, the bag limit is until they get tired of you. Right. Uh, I mean, imagine being on a on a ghost hunt and a game warden shows up. What are you going to do? <laughs> you are so fun. <laughs> but I enjoy our conversations. And for those of y'all listening, this is our normal conversation. <laughs> it just really is. It's... So, um, you know, during one of the breaks, Kat made the comment that this was pretty much about like, you know, one of our conversations after we leave an investigation somewhere or something that drive on the way home. And that is pretty much what it is, is about like what you've been hearing for the past 10 minutes, because I don't believe it's been two hours. I know. Right. And yet and yet it has. I am just I'm always shocked by that. But, um, me too. what I, I said, me too. That, um, it always sneaks up on us, yes, it always, does. which is why we usually and, do and an I, over the an after show. But now you have to go to work in the morning and I have to go to the doctor, so we can't do the hour long after show. But that's always so much right. fun when we do that. We'll have to plan that, um, the night that we don't have anything coming up the next day and just do a special show. That. I absolutely would. You know, I'm always up for it. And, uh, yeah, so, you, you know, it's funny. So it's something that some of the people listening may not be aware of is there are no telling how many recordings there are floating around out there of Cat and I from just where we were tinkering with something on, um, <laughs> whether it was on, you know, my show or something on her show or something with the network or whatever. And just testing equipment and ended up in an hour long conversation or two hours or just whatever. And I know you of know, at least being, two, I know of at least two yeah, that, that went forever. Yeah. So. That, um, yeah. There's no telling how many 
unplanned, just completely impromptu shows that Kat and I have of just that started off as an equipment test. <laughs> yes, absolutely. But I do know of two, and I'm not sure. I don't have all of my um, recordings from our first network, but mm-hmm. I am. I found my old computer, so I think I'm going to download them and put them on the. Um, Facebook's Paranormal Experienced Show Archive. For those listening, I'm going to be making a show archive page, and they'll be there. Oh, that'll be awesome. I think it will. I I got the idea from the Malik's. I just love them, and I really miss Kevin, and I really love Jennifer. So... But I guess we need to wrap this up because we're like technically over and I'm going to have to put a break <laughs> in there. But um, those breaks are pesky little things. But mm-hmm. for um, I'm so glad you were here. Thank you. Well, I'm glad that, well, I'm glad that you um, had me, you know, that uh, I, you know, I always enjoy talking with you and I'm glad that um, you haven't had enough people stop following you to stop bringing me on the show yet <laughs> we're still working on that right, kidding right aside, um, I am going to hold your feet to the fire though and I'm going to tell people that you were talking about being interested in bringing back your show mm-hmm. so you know you always have a place here and two stages yes, uh, uh, yeah. so. yep so um, yeah I, I will I, I'll, I'll let that little um cat out of the bag um that yeah i have um you know we we were just talking the other day and you know it's we don't have a a date set you know definitively yet but tossing around some ideas of course this semester is going to be just absolutely crazy um but um probably looking at you know sometime um next year me coming back and you know having to deal with me every week <laughs> <laughs> so and and i'm not even sorry know, that's why our tuesdays are free so mm-hmm. we're holding that slot so, for him so so yeah yeah if you tune in every every week i'm not sorry for you you brought it on yourself <laughs> <laughs> absolutely well we are gonna have to wrap this up and yeah, thanks again for being here. And I just want to let people know that, you know, I'm fully aware of all the angst and the the frustration and the fear of the unknown that everyone is dealing with. We all are because, you know, things, the kids aren't going back to school. The teachers are having to sit in empty classrooms and teach by remote. You know, there's all kinds of things that are just bizarre in our world right now. And when you start to feel overwhelmed by that, if you will just take a minute and focus and just visualize things the way you want them to be, you can make that happen. We all have that ability to kind of like put forth these ideas and the energy behind them helps them to shift. You know, it may not be... um, utopian by any means but you can affect your world you can Mm -hmm. affect your environment and 
ask Mr. Psychology over there. It truly happens. Right? Mm -hmm. I mean, and people don't that, know um, why. I, I can point it to you. I, I can point it out to you in um, a psychology textbook where it basically tells we create our own reality and that the um, obstacles we face are um, ma the majority of it, the, a large percentage of it is our own mind is our biggest obstacle. Yes. Which means we can, if it's an obstacle, it can be overcome. And possibilities mm -hmm. take just a little longer. Okay. It's all so, about our mindset. Yep. So go forth and manifest that and enjoy your week. I will, I will be back with you myself on Sunday night. We have Shelly Burke Robertson, who is going to be back with Ghost Talk Radio Live on Friday. I will be here with Fate on Sunday. Denise Pridemore with the Paranormal Pride will be with us on Monday. Tuesdays we're saving for Frank. And I will be back with a, a really cool show Wednesday with my guest. I'll, I'll post about him. Y'all see. He's awesome. Yep. But, yep. As soon as that, as soon as the FCC lifts that ban, I'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I spoke out of turn because Denise is celebrating um, Ron's birthday. We will be doing a rebroadcast for the Paranormal Pride this week. And I will definitely remember that come Monday. So thank y'all so much for being here. Thank y'all so much for just supporting us in all of our practices here. We, we appreciate every one of you. And go forth and have a fantastic week. And we will see you again. Same cat time, same cat channel. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.